in the studio. Live and local. This is the Matt Wyatt Show. Talking about sports from around the world and right here at home. Streaming to you at the zone1059.com and on your radio on ESPN 105.9, the zone. Here we go. Hour three of the show off and running presented by Overstreet Properties in Starkville. Overstreet Properties. You headed up there? You headed Starkville? Maybe uh, moving. Moving to Starkville permanently? Need a place? Or investment property? A lot of that uh, going on. It's kind of a, a hot thing here recently in the college town. And Or maybe you just headed up for the weekend or for several weekends during football season, basketball season, a place to stay, a condo, so to speak. Or even if you just need an apartment to lease while you're going to school there, go to Overstreet Properties. Make sure you go there first. Tell Kane Overstreet that I sent you. Kane Overstreet at overstreetproperties.com. You're going to be uh, glad that you did that. All right. Y'all can be a part of the show. Y'all can be a part of the show. Lots of different ways to do that. Text me at... 885-3776. That's a 601 number. 885-3776. The Country Pleasing Sausage text line. Hit me up right there. Country Pleasing Sausage. Y'all head by the uh, Country Meat Packers butcher shop right there on Highway 49. Step in there. It's not just sausage. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything there. Big, thick fillets, pork chops. Tell them what you want. Ribs. A little bit of everything. And uh, they'll fix it for you. And if you've never been in there, you're going to be blown away the first time you go in. It really is outstanding. Anyway, y'all text me. The country pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Had a question earlier. Best two-sport athlete, Bo or Dion? Boo Shaker says, hard to compare Bo and Prime since Bo took time off between football and baseball. But yeah, Bo was probably better. I mentioned Ricky Williams in terms of these great running backs, how they're different and built different. Unnamed texter, Matt, I was in the stands for the Ricky Williams Cotton Bowl. You are correct. It was unbelievable to see him run. It was. You know, watching it in person, um, field level. You know, and, and frankly, we did have, and we had, a, we had a great defense that year. We had a couple of guys who got hurt in that ball game trying to tackle him. He was incredible. A bowling ball. Headed your way. Were they? What's the old saying? A, a rolling ball of butcher knives? <laughs> it's about like what it was. He'd run in full speed, full tilt, with thighs as big around as tree trunks, and his center of gravity was so low, his rear end was about a foot off the ground. It's incredible. Uh, somebody texted in and they said, I opt out of listening to Jake in the afternoon. Why would you do that? I tell you what I do. I don't get to do it every day, but when uh, the days that I'm, you know, able to fit it in, I'll get done with the show. And after being in the studio for three hours, I, or a lot of days, I need to get outside, and go for a walk or something. And a lot of times I'll do that. I'll throw in the earbuds and, you know, listen to the first hour of the drive in the afternoons with Jake, and he just does a fantastic job. Folks in the Jackson Metro, I hope you understand how fortunate you are to have, <clears throat> you know, right there where you live, Jackson. Metro, Central Mississippi, 50,000-watt radio station here at WRKS, The Zone. And throughout the day, you got local guys doing local sports for you. But in the afternoons, 
and Jake gets in there and whether it's college stuff, high school stuff, NFL stuff, he can do all of it and knows it and is excited and is accurate and is a hard worker and he's consistent. Well, he's got whims winners today, and he's going to be over at the Ameristar Casino from 3 to 6, and he stuck his head in here before he left and said, if you get a chance, tell people to come by. I've got plenty of free stuff to give out. What? Yeah. So he's going to be at Ameristar in Vicksburg. Today from 3 to 6 with the NFL kickoff. You know, he's kind of a gambling dude. Yeah. And so he, uh, yeah, he, he, he's got this method of madness. I think he was 5-1 and one last weekend. Wims winners. Yep, Wims winners. And a boy, Jake. So we need to like do a parody of the Almond Brothers deal. Lord, I was born a gambling man. For Jake, <laughs> is that what we need to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, or uh, you could do the little Dan Fogelberg. There's a place in the world for a gambler. <laughs> or Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them, and know when to know when to fold them. Joe Pesci on the Country Pleasing text line says, Coach O got outcoached by Troy when his team was not built up. I like Coach O, but dang, he can't do it all this year. He's got a lot on his hands. I mean, he really does. Fletcher says, Matt, I told Chris Doring two weeks ago, LSU is not a top 20 team, and I think he feels the same way. Yeah, um, look, with it, again, you know, trying to kind of put it in perspective in and in in trying to be accurate in the preseason. Anybody can say anything in the preseason, but if you're really trying to be accurate, look at it. Um, if they wind up being a top 20 team this year with everything they lost off last year's team, that might be as impressive as what they did last year. Considering all that, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. You know, Coach O certainly earned his money last year guiding that ship. Buddy, he's going to earn it this year for sure. Yeah. Beer Slayer said that Bo Jackson was 10 times better than Dion. Not close. That's what he said. His words. Thanks for the text. Uh, let me update y'all on this, too, if you're just tuning in. I know a lot of times we'll get a lot of people that tune in to this third hour. You might have missed uh, earlier parts of the show. There is a list out there today at the Sun-Herald of legitimate candidates to maybe be the next Southern Miss head football coach. I'm using my words very intentionally here. There are other lists out there that are kind of just scattergun. You know, hey, let me let me get something out here so I can say I'm first on it. There are other lists out there from people who aren't in and around Hattiesburg who have names they're throwing out there who are not even on Southern Miss's radar. So it's misleading. This is a list that the Sun-Herald from Patrick McGee, who is embedded in and around that campus and has been for years, knows everybody, they know him, and he covers the team and has for years every single day. He has a legitimate list of potential candidates. Uh, I'll give you the names, but you can go read more about them if you want to. It's just go see his stuff there at sunherald.com. The names he's putting out there, Casey Dunn, Oklahoma State Offensive Coordinator, 
Larry Fedora, Baylor offensive coordinator. Will Hall from Tulane, offensive coordinator. Rhett Lashley from Miami, offensive coordinator. Kevin Johns, the OC at Memphis. Chris Kapilovich, Michigan State offensive line coach. Tyrone Nix, defensive coordinator, Texas San Antonio. Scotty Walden, Southern Miss interim head coach. Kane Womack, Indiana defensive coordinator. John Wozniak, Oklahoma State running backs coach. Now, those names, again, you know, and it comes from somebody like Patrick McGee. When it comes from somebody like Patrick McGee, it um, is a legit list. Yes, there's going to be varying degrees of interest from these guys to Southern Miss and vice versa. But these are real potential candidates. There's a real chance that your next head coach at Southern Miss comes out of that group. Okay, so go look at that for yourself. Um, all right. JB, I want to get into this. You, you've sent me these links, and I honestly had no idea that this story was out here about Dak Prescott and him dealing with and battling depression. I don't know so much that it's it's depression. You know how the media can assign certain words to things that they don't really understand. Right. Uh, basically, what he said is that um, he's had a tough time with his, his brother passing over the last year. A tough time dealing with all the stuff that's happening with COVID. Tough time trying to figure out, you know, I realize this may be hard to say, but, you know, are you going to be a franchise player? Are you going to sign this year? You know, contract stuff. And he basically just said, I'm feeling uh, emotional feelings that I've never felt before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it could be, you know, some some uh, people might refer to it as mental illness. It's He's just speaking out. It's kind of like the Kevin Love deal, you know. Yeah. He's he's being honest, and Bayless just ripped him. Okay. You know, basically, Bayless said one guy said uh, he comes back and just wants to inflict his toxic masculinity, you know, on on uh, on Dak. I see. Toxic but, um, ma toxic masculinity. Yeah. Let me see if I can play this. Uh, let me see if I can get it to play. All right. I'm this ask our audience to feel free to go. All right, so this is Skip Bayless. This is a clip that's being shared on Twitter from Skip Bayless's show. And it's from today. And so I think this is a lot of what everybody's referencing. Go ahead and condemn me if you choose as cold-blooded and insensitive on this issue. I have deep compassion for clinical depression. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team, you know this as well as I, better than I do. It's the ultimate leadership position in sports. Am I right about that? Mm -hmm. You are commanding an entire franchise. What's the roster now? Is it 53 still? 53, but yeah. I think they got like 15 practice squad guys. Okay. But, but you're commanding a uh -huh. lot of young men uh -huh. and some older men. And they're all looking to you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't have sympathy for him going public with I got depressed. I suffered depression early in COVID to the point that I couldn't even go work out. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. Okay, so that's a portion of it. It wouldn't be all of it. 
Okay. Uh, David Hellman, thanks for sending me this. And I'm familiar with Hellman. I used to follow him on Twitter. I kind of switched up how I'm doing things uh, on Twitter. But he's a staff writer at their website, uh, DallasCowboys.com. And he tweeted, Dak Prescott basically said, I'm a human being. I can be vulnerable at times. It's been a really hard year for me, and I want to normalize mental wellness and admitting when we aren't okay. And Skip Basic, uh, in Hellman's deal here, he says, Skip Bayless basically said, nah, toxic masculinity is the way for me because football. And that's exactly what you're saying, JB, that others are kind of pointing that out. He went on to say, this is David Hellman, covers the Cowboys for DallasCowboys.com. Says, which I typically try to ignore the skips of the world because I know they're fakers. But then he says that's such a dangerous opinion to have, basically telling however many viewers that you have to fight these battles alone or else people won't take you seriously. Good grief. And then he goes, the last thing I'll say about it. uh, LOL, that anyone who knows anything about Dak's story could question his toughness. You can question a million different things about his game if you want to, but the fact that he's a mentally and physically tough guy is basically written in stone. Okay, and this is coming from someone who covers the Dallas Cowboys for a living for the team website, dallascowboys.com. He's been around the team for ages, it seems like. And, um, you know, and obviously has gotten to know Dak and covered him. And so it's interesting how this person who now has covered Dak with the Cowboys for four seasons going into a fifth. Is that right? Is that right? Let's see. 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, four seasons yeah, going correct. into a fifth. That he has this same opinion of Dak as an individual as all of us who covered him in college. Now you can question this, you can question that, but you can't question toughness and leadership about it. That's just one thing you can't question. So let me step back a minute here. I'm going to give you Matt's opinion. Third person did it. Did it. <laughs> All right. Let me step back, give you my opinion. I used to consume a lot of these national shows, including the show that Skip Bayless does with um, Shannon Sharp. I used to consume that, watch, listen every now and then, not you know, from start to finish, but clips and things on YouTube and Twitter and same thing with others and Cowherd and all these kinds of things. I, I stopped doing it because of stuff like that. Okay. I stopped long ago, really watching any debate shows on ESPN or Fox. Uh, I stopped. I just eliminated it from my life completely and utterly eliminated and i have jb that clip right there that i played of skip bayless saying that it's that's a great reason why i don't listen to him I, that's the first one that i've played or listened to of that show and i don't know how long you know of, of his stuff i like like up until then i had eliminated it completely i've just done away with it well it goes back to what you've been been talking about a lot over the last couple of weeks about the mushy-headed media, mm-hmm. and they just want to get clicks and likes and, mm-hmm. and see how much uh, stuff they can stir up. That's know? right. That's right. Uh, Bayless is a stuff stirrer. That's it. And he's made a living doing that. More power to him, okay? He pays his mortgage, I'm sure, and puts some money in the bank. Fine. Live his life. It's his. But I think he crossed the line. 
Well, I do too, because what you what you're doing here, what you're doing right there is you you, you know, I guess you're treating a mental illness or the idea of a mental illness, JB, differently than some other kind of illness. Right? I mean, and I think that's what David Hellman is saying is it's dangerous to do that. You don't want people to believe that. No, but I I can give you a personal example, and I I, kind of have a good feeling where where Dak's coming from. You know, I lost my dad about uh, 13 months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And have you and I both have had some losses in between then. Yeah. But my brother had a stroke a few months ago, had another one last month, and, and just he's mentally handicapped, lives in a group home. And today was the first day my mom could actually visit him and visit him oh, on the porch. Oh, wow. Wow. But my brother can't hold his head up. Mm-hmm. But as she said, he still smiles. Mm-hmm. Well, today would have been she and my dad's 65th wedding anniversary. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, you feel different emotions as you get older because the world changes not only with a COVID world, Mm -hmm. but your own private world changes. Right. Because you experience things that you never really thought you would. I mean, you always know about it. It's kind of like being a grandfather. You don't grow up saying, man, I can't wait till I'm a grandfather. Yeah. You grow up and go, I'm probably going to go to college, probably going to marry somebody, probably have some kids. You know, mm-hmm. but you never go, man, I can't wait to be a grandfather. <laughs> yeah, right. And then when it happens, you, you know, there there are emotions inside of me fixing to have number two grandson. But there are emotions inside of me that I've never experienced before until I had a grandson. Yeah. And I think that's what that what Dak's saying, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and it, it's easy to become depressed. Yeah. And then have to pick yourself up because you're supposed to maintain a certain thing. You know, and I think what you're exactly right. You said it's easy to become depressed. What I think, JB, is absolutely anybody who's just kind of gone through life for a certain amount of time. So depression being a real thing. And and even those of us who haven't experienced a clinical level of depression, like the real awful, awful, you know, depression to the extent that you know, it requires treatment and medical help. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, right. not, not clinical depression. Right. Well, all of us have then had at different times this little onset of just a teeny tiny bit of depression Yeah. compared to that. And even that will throw you for a complete loop. Mm-hmm. Even that will, it'll yeah. take even a positive person who ultimately is fine and it'll, it'll and just, we'll be fine. And but we'll it, be but fine. But at that moment, they're, they're not. But you're exactly right. In that moment, they're not. It'll stop you dead in your tracks. And and you'll go through some weird stuff. I've counseled people that would go into a closet and wouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, 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 they said, that I just can't. I can't face the world. Yeah. And uh, and so there's a realness to it. And my thing is this. I want to hear what Dak said. But, just, you know, I know how he does interviews and how he talks and kind of his attitude people do. I guarantee you it wasn't said in an excuse-making way in any shape, form, or fashion from Dak Prescott. What this is is a guy in Skip Bayless 
taking something that Dallas, that Dak Prescott said out of context a little bit. I guarantee you that's what it is. Dak Prescott is not saying, you know, he's making an excuse for anything. Right. He's just saying, yeah, I mean, I guarantee you Dak's saying, been through a lot. And when you do that, you know, not only the COVID stuff, but lost his brother, you do that, you go through some depression. It's not easy. Right. People don't want their heroes to be human. Yeah. See, they, maybe they not. They want their but, heroes to be, you know, made of everything that they're not. Yeah. Where I think for that's me, true. I, I think I would rather have somebody be their real self than this false sense of who they think they should be. Right. Well, sure. Well, but it, it takes a lot more confidence and inner strength to be open about stuff than the opposite. Anybody can shut things up inside and put on a, a face. Anybody can do that. It takes no strength at all. Yeah, that's what Billy Joel said. We all have a face we can hide away forever. Yeah. And we take them out and show ourselves when everyone is gone. Well, it's just, you know, um, this is what happens. This Skip Bayless thing, JB, this is what happens when you do a show and you behave on that show in such a way all the time, 24-7, 365 days a year, everything you do on that show is all about what can I do to get the most attention. It's yep. not real. That show, the shows he's done, the shows they do, these talk shows, they aren't real. It's all about what can I do to get the most attention. It's like a wrestling match. <laughs> Absolutely. It's as fake as fake gets. But it sells tickets. So more power to everybody. But to everybody throwing a fit about Skip Bayless, it's your, it's your fault as much as it is his. You're the one who's been watching, giving clicks. <laughs> Turn the mic on, Matt. I forgot to flip the button over here. Now you can hear me. How about that, man? That new liner. Yeah. Did you hear that, that one? Yeah. Knocking that out of the park. <laughs> you the <Yeah>. man. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can't. Uh, life, you? Yeah, absolutely. In high school, if you can't do it in real life, just yeah. get somebody to make a liner about it. You know? <laughs> That's what Brooks does. Coach would have put me in back in 84. No, no doubt we'd have won state. I could throw a ball clear over the mountains right over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best hitter I ever saw. Speaking of uh, uh, Uncle Rico, Gardner <laughs> Minshew, starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, expects the team to be uh, scoring a few more points this year. Every year is a new year. Um, I think every team's a new team. I don't think um, years past really have – anything to do with like this current season. Um, so I'm excited for the opportunity that we have. I think we have a lot of guys that can make plays. And I think when we talk about attacking uh, and attacking in different ways, that's getting different people involved. Um, you know, having multiple guys get touches. We got a lot of guys that are really good with the ball in their hands. So I think as long as we get those guys, their touches spread it out, even then that's how we'll be able to attack and um, get in the end zone more. Get in the end zone more. Jacksonville. We'll see how they do. Pretty tough division now. 
Everybody's getting better. Tennessee's better. Indianapolis better. Houston's better. I'm not real sure who is the class of that division in the NFL. We'll start to find out a little bit. This hey, I weekend. got Tennessee's defense in my uh, fantasy Did you? football. Did boy. Yeah. Okay, well, good. Yeah. I think it's going to work out for you. Uh, as long as they don't have injuries, you know, I think that's going to work out for you. I really do. Hey, um, that was a pretty cool experience with the whole draft deal. Yeah, I mean, it was we we had twelve teams in our league, and we were done in forty five minutes. Really, it was amazing how quick. Yeah, I always thought it was this long drawn out process, but there's a NFL fantasy app that that uh, our commissioner uses. Uh huh. And yeah, man. And you got two minutes to make a pick, and if you don't make the pick, you get one auto pick for you. I learned that the hard way. Oh, really? <laughs> you just yeah. get whatever. It but gives I ended you. up getting a pretty decent. I got a running back out of Indiana, Indianapolis. I got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. From Wisconsin, when Jonathan Taylor went to Wisconsin in college, I believe. I, I, believe, I believe that's believe right. That's correct. He's a good player. <laughs> They're all good in the NFL. It's just you know kind of what's around them. Well, good luck that's with that. Good. Keep us posted. I you, will, man. You got any Chiefs or Texans? Uh, No. No? I do, okay. do not have any Chiefs. Mm-mm. I was going to try to get Kelsey, but uh, ended up going with Kittle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hey, well, look. If you got George Kittle, that's outstanding. Yeah. You can't go wrong with I will with say this. One. Mahomes was the first pick of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. And the same guy that got him got, got uh, Edward Solaire. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, he's yeah, but it's because those two right there are going to get they're going to rack up stats, man. They're going to rack it up. <laughs> so that might be it. Hey, see if you can pick this out. On this right. day, September the tenth, nineteen fifty-five, my parents got married. Th- that's right. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> well, on the same day as your parents got married. This show premiered on CBS. See if you can pick it out. You need a hint? Man, I'm struggling. It's not the it's not the Big Valley, is it? No, not Big Valley. Uh, it's a western. The only other Western I got on the top of my head is uh, Gunsmoke. That's it. Gunsmoke. Oh, okay. That was the Gunsmoke yeah. theme. You know what's interesting about that? Everybody recognizes this old Western. Yeah, no doubt. Right? Everybody recognizes that. Okay, it's Bonanza. I would mm-hmm. bet you, JB... That if you play this song, a lot of people are going to go, Gunsmoke! But it's not Gunsmoke, it's Bonanza. People get them mixed up. Gunsmoke had Festus and uh, and Matt Dillon. Right? Um, you can't leave out Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty and <laughs> Doc. Doc and Matt Dillon. Growing up. I, I I don't know I've ever watched hardly any gun smoke. Really? Oh my gosh. It was a breeding ground for all kinds of young actors and oh, yeah. actresses. Wasn't I mean, uh like D Majors, Bruce Dern, Clint Donald East- Sutherland. Didn't Clint this? Eastwood come yeah. up on that show? 
Yeah, he was in uh, Gunsmoke mm-hmm. a couple times. When I was a kid, small kid, see, my granddad used to always call me Matt Dillon. I was like, who is that? Oh, yeah. You know, and they're like, well, he's this actor on TV, Sheriff Matt Dillon. He was a big Gunsmoke fan. I need to go back and watch those shows, like rediscover them. All right, so before Gunsmoke came on television, do you know who played the radio version of Matt Dillon? No. A guy named William. Go ahead. I was going to say John Wayne, but I'm wrong already. Uh Uh-uh. No, William Conrad. Oh, really? How about that? Yeah. That's a voice for you right there. Because... Well, because he was not, um, he was a little chubby. We'll uh-huh. just put it to you that way. Right. He was short and chubby. Right. He, they did not cast him for uh, for the TV the, show. Uh, TV role. <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a voice and face and body made for radio. For radio. Mm-hmm. Welcome to our world, Mister Conrad, or maybe us in your world. Okay, same day, September tenth, nineteen ninety. NBC began airing this show. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cabbie, your home, smell you later. <laughs> Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air began airing on uh, NBC on this day in 1990. It wasn't that long ago, I remember it. Who was the sister, who was the, who was the sister on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I used to have a crush on her. You know, you had you had Carl, it was Carlton's sister. What was her name on the show? Heck, man, I don't remember. Meet a line. Well, I tell you what, we talked a while ago about uh, Drew Brees and and Tom Brady not expecting to do what they did when they met in '99. Uh-huh. And when this show came on in '90, do you have any idea that Will Smith would be what he became? No, no. he was just a rapper, as far as I knew, back in 1990. Yeah, you never That's knew he'd it become what he was going to become. No way. Hey, I got one more flashback for you. Good. I'm ready. Danny Noonan is going to caddy oh, at yeah. the U.S. Open. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody knows the movie Caddyshack, the guy who played Danny. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Michael He's O'Keefe. caddy at the U.S. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, Michael O'Keefe. Uh, Hillary was the name you're looking for for the girl in uh, That's it. The Fresh Prince, I believe. Yeah. Buddy Hillary. Brian sent that to me. Thank you. He obviously had a crush on her also. Michael O'Keefe, the actor oh, who boy, played... Crush on everybody. <laughs> the actor who played Danny Noonan, the young, impressionable caddy in Caddyshack, will carry a bag on Monday and Tuesday in practice rounds at the U.S. Open. It won't be Ty Webb, though. Remember the conversation that Danny Noonan and Ty Webb had right before you had the whole be the ball scene? Can I ask you something? Right. Sure thing. Shoot, Timmy. Danny. Danny. <laughs> when you were my age, did you ever have trouble deciding what you wanted to do with your life? <laughs> no. I never had that problem, really. Why? <laughs> Forget it. I didn't think you'd understand. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. I don't know. Did you have to take that kudo preference test when you were a senior in high school? Oh, yeah, I took it. They said I should be a fire watcher. <laughs> what are you supposed to be? An underachiever. <laughs> I gotta go to college. I gotta. Uh, Danny, this isn't Russia. Is this Russia? This isn't Russia, is it? Nah. I didn't think so. 
It's in Russia, is it? Y'all stick around. On 105.9 The Zone. All right. Back on the show, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, getting ready to wrap things up with you here. Send you over into the drive with Jake. Coming up round three. So just a few more minutes uh, from right now. Miko got me straightened out. It was Hillary or Ashley. So wait a minute. On Fresh Prince, Carlton had two sisters? What? And Hillary was the older sister. I didn't see. I don't remember much about that. White Denzel on the country pleasing text line eight eight five ESPN or eight eight five three seven seven six says Skip Bayless's words while uh, about Dak were also a slap in the face of my brothers and sisters of the military who have committed suicide because they were depressed, had PTS, etc. Um. He said he wouldn't have the guts to say those exact words to the family of Ronnie McNutt, James Shearer, etc. I think you're absolutely right about that. Absolutely right about that. Beer Slayer says Skip Bayless is a joke. He should have been gone from television years ago. Well, you know, unfortunately, Beer Slayer, you don't have to be accurate or responsible. You just have to be, you have to get attention. You've got to be able to get attention. And if you can do that, you know, you can be awful. You can be irresponsible. You can be wrong. You can be bad. But if you can get attention, um, you can, you can uh, last, right? I mean, that's, that's basically like what you classify that as, I think. Um, I think what I said is Stephen A. <laughs> works for him. Works for all of them. You know, good for them. Good for them <clears throat> to reach their own. But everybody wakes up, you know, at some point. I just, and again, some people are okay with that. A lot of it is about, you know, what does everybody want, JB? Everybody in the world has a lot of different things they want based on their own interests and everything. But but ultimately, we can all agree on one thing we all want. And that is peace in their life. They want to be able to lay their head down on their pillow at night, go to sleep, and just have peace. And people go about all different kinds of stuff trying to find it and get that. Well, maybe Bayless and some of the people who, who that's the way they go about being the, that entertainer is it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong or good or bad, whatever. As long as it gets attention, then it serves the purpose and they, you know, put them on the channel and put them on television, whatever. And if they can do whatever it takes to get attention and lay their head down at night and have peace, then fine, more power to them. But a lot of people can't do that. I couldn't do it. Ain't no way I could do it. You know, the only, I'm sort of the opposite. Yes. I got to know pretty squarely my purpose and then I at least tracked it down or came close to nailing it each day and, you know, getting attention, I would just not sleep very good at, at night. And so, you know, to, each his own. Everybody's um, 
a little bit different. Hey, let's do it. Here's a head-to-head matchup preview presented by Matt Anderson Properties. Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty can help you buy or sell that piece of property. 360-degree interactive drone touring of any kind of property that you might want to buy. He's got them listed statewide in the state of Mississippi, everywhere. And if you're looking for that timberland or hunting land, recreational, waterfront, any of that, and you can go view the whole thing without ever even going there first because of the 360-degree drone touring. It's really cool. And he can help you sell your property as well, whatever it is. Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty, 601-408-5155. Repeat after me, 408-5155. All right, so this matchup, you're going to get it this weekend, is Syracuse versus North Carolina. Syracuse versus North Carolina. This is what's interesting about those two. So I think if we track this down, there, there have only been five previous meetings between these two schools. And I guess a big reason for that is um, North Carolina has always been in the ACC. And Syracuse, am I right, John, for years and years was a Big East team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the best basketball ever played, Syracuse and Georgetown and St. John's. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if we were looking at a basketball deal here, they'd have lots and lots of matchups. But in football, they've only played each other five times previously. Syracuse, well, they're two and two as I see it. I think the the first time they played each other back in 1995, it's listed as a tie. I don't know if this is a deal where you had some type of forfeit or some type of NCAA thing that wiped it from the books. I don't know about that first one in 95. But since then, they're two and two. And here's another interesting nugget about this matchup. The first time they ever played each other, 95 and 96, Mac Brown was the head coach at North Carolina. Well, around the world we have gone, and now back to Mac Brown is the head coach at North Carolina. So he coached in this matchup when it first started back in 95, and he'll be coaching in the most recent when they play on Saturday. Uh, they played last year, and it was a heck of a ball game. Uh, Larry, or I'm sorry, not last year, 2018, and two years ago they played. It was at Syracuse. Dino Babers, head coach, Syracuse. Two years ago, 2018, Larry Fedora was the head coach at UNC, and Syracuse won the game 40 to 37. I believe that was an overtime deal. Um, prior to the game two years ago at Syracuse. They played in 2003 at Syracuse. It also was an overtime game. Syracuse winning that one in 03, 49-47. So they've had some high-scoring ones the last couple times they played. Here's the the prognosticators don't indicate that this is going to be uh, that that close of a game. What do they say? North Carolina big time? Yeah, uh, 85% win chance. Uh-huh. North Carolina's coming. I've been telling people that. They are recruiting lights out under Mac Brown. They got a quarterback coming back who put up huge numbers last year in that offense. And um, I know they've been through a little ups and downs with their COVID testing on campus and had to 
send students home and different things at different times. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right to me. However, you know what? Under Dino Babers at Syracuse, what, two years ago they knocked off Clemson? Or three years ago, and then almost pulled it off again. They they have the ability every now and then to slay the giant. I'm looking at a few also nuggets in the matchup of the two teams, the two programs. Uh, in football, no national championships in football for North Carolina. Syracuse has one national championship that it claims. Uh, also, no Heisman winners for North Carolina. Syracuse has one that it claims. Is that um, Ernie? Would that be their Heisman winner at Syracuse? Or would we have to go back farther than that? What's his name? Ernie Davis? I have to go back and look it up. I think the surprising thing for me, too, is knowing that North Carolina has been in the ACC as long as they have. And you, know, you Charter think. members. Charter members. And so you think about in the modern era, Florida State, of course, Clemson, Georgia Tech, schools like that. But North Carolina has 10 conference championships in its history in the ACC in football. You wouldn't think that, but they do. Um, they've had well, for so long the ACC was known primarily as a basketball conference. Oh, yeah. And it really wasn't until the last. 30, 35 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Clemson winning the national championship in 1980. And prior to that, the, you know, Florida State wasn't even in their conference back then. Sure. They were an independent. Right. So, right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely changed. Um, tomorrow on Friday, we'll take a look at Wake Forest and Clemson. And that is a, a matchup that goes way, way back. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in that one also. Um, I'm looking here, and I get this information on the matchups that we do every day on this segment from Winsopedia. It's a great website. Told you about it. We'll continue to tell you about it. Winsopedia. I've gotten to know uh, via messaging some of the folks that are behind this website that put it together. It is really a neat resource. Uh, Winsopedia.com. Looking at their website there. Active win streaks in the country right now. LSU leads the country at 16. They've got an active win streak of 16. You know who is right behind LSU? Clemson. Air Force. Air Force. <laughs> Air Force on a win streak right now of eight. Oh, okay. I got you. Florida Atlantic's won seven in a row. Notre Dame's won six in a row. Tennessee's won six. App State's won six. And Florida's won four in a row. How about that? Let's see here. The Gators. The Gators. Last year, how about this? This speaks to the ACC, doesn't it? You look at last year, average margin of victory last year. Clemson led the country with an average margin of victory of 33.8. Ohio State right behind them at 33.1. Bama last year, 29.4 average margin. And then just ahead of LSU at 27.2. That's crazy, isn't it? That's that's five and six touchdowns a game for beating people. <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow is right. Good stuff, y'all. Check it out. Winsopedia.com. Good show, JB. Yes, sir. You too, Mr. Matt White. All right, man. Have a good night. Watch the Chiefs tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow.
Y'all keep it right here. Mr. Jake is coming up next on The Drive on 105.9 The Zone. I'm Matt. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. It's been a few.